morning we're talking about our, our families and our homes during COVID. And if you're, if you're here and you, uh, maybe you're, you're, you're single, you're a, a grandparent or something, then that's totally fine because we're going to be talking about um, ways to engage with younger people or just people, the people that you live with in general. Okay, so, um, but a lot of you, I guess, are here because you care about uh, younger people. Most likely, they're your younger people that live in your house. So, um, and as you know, there's just so much stacked up against this younger generation. And um, you can probably guess I'm pretty passionate about researching these kinds of things. So I'm excited to share with you guys this morning, but I have three kind of disclaimers for you. One is that, um, as most of you know, I've never parented teenagers. I've never <laughs> parented teenagers. So you know way more about this and have more lived experience than I do. Um, the second disclaimer is that I would love this to be interactive. I don't like just lecturing for half hour. I don't think you liked it either. So we're not going to do that. And the third disclaimer was it? Something else I was going to say. We're probably going to be later. Okay. So, um, as we get started, um, here, here's how I want to start our conversation this morning with where is your red dot? Where is your red dot? Um, and so this is an illustration that Becky and I often use when we're communicating to each other about stuff. You guys know the, um, the maps at like, um, like theme parks or malls or something, right? You, you, you are here. If you had saw one of these maps in like a new mall you went to and there wasn't no you are here dot, it'd be utterly useless, right? You'd be like, great, where's the food court or whatever? And so the idea behind this is that you have to, in order for, um, to kind of like make progress, first you have to know where you are first, where you stand. Um, and so I think this is really important as we end this conversation of families and dealing with your children because let's be honest, this is an emotionally charged topic. And some of you might be coming here this morning. Maybe your family is in, in, a, in a great place and you're just like, oh, we're just kind of like here to see what Will has to say. And um, more likely, you have some stuff in your family you wish was different. But, and you're not quite sure how to move forward. Um, and maybe you're even, even bitter. Maybe you're hurt. And so I think before we move forward in this conversation today, I think you have to analyze within yourself, where, where, where am I in this conversation in, involving um, my children and having spiritual conversations and doing family time? Where, where am I? Are we doing stuff that works? Are we doing stuff that I think doesn't work? Am I bitter or hurt or content or whatever it is? Um, and then another level to this is just simply like this morning, where are you? Are you arriving like, and you had like a great weekend and you're feeling restful and everything? More than likely, you're probably like a little bit stressed over something this morning. So just, just take a moment and just kind of like chill for a second and analyze within yourself where, where is your red dot? Where, where is your, your mood involving family discipleship? So um, as we get started, I just want to say that God can meet us where each of us are this morning. Um, he's going to meet, hopefully, me as I'm sharing and each of you as well. And I hope that this will be a helpful time for all of us. As we transition into some content this morning, um, I have this prayer from Every Moment Holy. You guys, have you guys seen this book? Yes, you guys seen this? Every Moment Holy. It's got little prayers for all kinds of stuff for those who have failed to do great things and for leaving on a holiday and for keeping bees, I don't know why, washing windows. 
Um, and so one of them, in the back, they had these like little short little prayers. And this one I've, I've um, used a lot <laughs> personally. And so I'm just going to read this over us and then get started, okay? Um, it says, this is a liturgy for a moment of frustration at a child. Let me not react in this moment, O Lord, in the blindness of my own emotion. Rather, give me, a fellow sinner, wisdom to respond with grace that would shepherd my child's heart toward your mercies, so equipping them for the hard labors of their own pilgrimage. Amen. So that's what we're after this morning, is equipping our child hearts and shepherding them to, um, for their own pilgrimage toward ultimately th- th- their Savior, Jesus. So here's our topic for this morning. Um, I'm calling it Shelter from the Storm. Um, and here's Bob Dylan singing Shelter from the Storm with his, with his headwear on. Some of you guys are like, who's Bob? And some of you are maybe annoyed. I just, any excuse I can to include him in a, in a presentation of mine, that's what I do. So this is Bob Dylan, Shelter from the Storm. Um, so first we'll talk about we're being hijacked, crossing the bridge, and the answer within our homes. Okay, so um, this is a scene from this movie. I'm not going to show the scene. Um, maybe you can recognize it just from the guy's face where... Um, this man, it's the opening scene of the movie. So it just starts out this like wide pan of this um, gas station. And uh, this guy pulls up in a, in a truck and he's, he pumps his gas and gets out. And he gets back in the car and it looks like he's ready to leave, turns the car on. And, and then he sees, he puts the, the thing back there, not like Tim does. Um, and he sees his windshield and he's like, ah, my windshield's like messed up. So he gets out of the, out of the car and he like goes to the, what's it called, the, the thing, squeegee, the squeegee, that's a fun word. He goes to squeegee, and it's, it's empty. It's like, it's like rattling in there. It's like, ah. And he looks back at the car, and he's like, ah, And he walks over to the, um, to the, next, the next, like, row to look at that, that squeegee. And as he's filling it up, he hears his car door slam. And this is the moment where he turns around, and he sees someone has, like, gotten into his car and is speeding away. And, um, well, real quick, what, what do you think he would do in this situation? What's ordinarily what you, what you should do? Call the police, right? Okay, this is not what this guy does. He sprints after the car, and as the guy's like running away, he jumps, he jumps into the, um, the passenger window. Maybe some of you recognize the movie now. Um, he jumps like through the passenger window, and so he's like halfway out, and he's holding on to that like handle, you know? And he's like fighting the guy, and the guy's on the, on the road, and he's swerving, and there's cars coming. And the whole time we're like, dude, why? Like... <laughs> What are you doing? Just like let the car go, like let insurance pay for this. And so eventually they like fight it out, and um, and this guy, the main character, like falls off. And the, the car goes off the ditch and hits a tree. And so people stop and like, are you okay? And he's like crawling toward the car. And and um, people are like, hey, just chill. Like, don't worry about the car. Don't worry about the car. And he says, I'm not worried about the car. And he opens the door and you hear a baby's cry, right? And then it all makes sense. Like, oh, like, of course he would be, like, desperate to, like, get the car back because, like, something that is, like, so precious to him is in- inside that car. And um, this, this illustration is, like, like really, really, like, hit home to me because um, there's stuff in the world that are hijacking um, the next generation, that are hijacking children's minds and hearts away from their loving creator. Um, and we can't just sit by and let the car pull away. Here's a quote from this book that I'm going to recommend later. But it's called um, Alongside. It's written by a friend of mine, Drew Hill. 
and it says, we live in a world that is hijacking the innocence of teenagers. Their hearts are constantly being abandoned, distracted, and rejected. While post-Christian culture makes it difficult for us adults to share the gospel with teenagers, that's no excuse to stand there at the pump and let the truck pull away. Okay. So um, I, I want you guys to, to think to yourself, talk to the person next to you. If you're comfortable, you can talk over Rose, whatever is okay with you. Um, but I want you guys to talk, what do you see as competing for our child's attention? What is hijacking um, young people in the next generation? Go ahead and talk for like 30 seconds or something, then we'll get back together. Yeah, so there's all kinds of ages here, so yeah. Any young people you can think of? Another few seconds, wrap up your thoughts. Another few seconds to wrap up your thoughts. All right, guys, come on back together. Okay, come back together. Here we go. Okay. Um, so, so by the way, my wife asked, what young people are we talking about here? And, and uh, there's a lot, I mean, a, a, any young people and teenagers. I work with teenagers, but obviously, like, young, young people as well. So what do you all think? A couple answers. Be so brave. Yes, ma'am. I think technology addiction. Yeah, just like an addiction, like the ability to, like, put it down. <coughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't, you can't put it down. can't look away. Yeah, for sure. What else? Yes, ma'am. Video games. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's vi so it's video games, not just the time that they're spending playing them, but also like that's just like the world they live in, and you, it's almost out of your control because it's like, okay, send them to school, and that's what they hear about at school too. Yeah, for sure. Yep. What else? Yes, ma'am. The affection of friends. The affection of friends. Yeah, so what, what do you mean? Like boyfriends, girlfriends, or just like, I like my... Yeah. So they, they, like, they like their friends more than you, basically, right? Yeah, okay. No, seriously, though, seriously. Like, I, I, I'm like, you know, my, my, my kids are still little, but I'm like, it'll be sad for the day that I'm like aware that they want to be with their friends more than me. Of course it's gonna happen, but okay. So what else? Hello. Yes. Uh, just a, a constant need to be doing something that's right. like entertaining them. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like rest or serving other people, just this constant need to be entertained. Yeah, a constant need for entertainment. Yep, yep. Which a lot of this is like tied with technology for sure. Um, maybe one more. Yes, ma'am. The idea that there are areas that they have a choice, that there's not really a choice. <laughs> 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 
that's kind of the big one out there. Oh, I, I see. So you're talking about gender gender issues specifically. And that is one of them, but I think there are other areas too where they're told, well, you can choose. And mm -hmm. there's in a lot of places we don't have a choice. <laughs> like we have to follow laws. Yeah. So I go ahead. Something when our kids were your your age, your kids' age. Uh huh. Life suffering, you know, give them two choices if they have a choice. And it's like, you can choose this or this, and that made it easier. Right. Wouldn't have, they would be confused by that. Um, I think even with teenagers, I mean, if you have too many choices, they don't have necessarily the life experiences behind them to make the wisest choice from five or six things. They may have all yeah. choices, but I think having some direction to them in terms of making those choices uh, helps rather than leaving it completely wide open when you've got all these choices. Sure, yeah. So I'll try to summarize it. You let me know if I'm getting this right. But basically, it's um, that, that young people, especially, well, all kinds of young people, especially teenagers, maybe have, like, too many options open in front of them. And thus, like, what, what they're not getting is, is the, the guidance necessary to, like, kind of make wise choices. To say to a 12-year-old, like, you can choose anything you want, right? Um, your, your, your lifestyle or even your gender, you're, you're saying, and I agree, that's too much choices for a young person to make. Is that about right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, okay, so I said one more, but anybody else? I don't, I don't like to like silence people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Krisha. I was going to say, um, like preferring interaction via virtual things, whether it's YouTube influences or gaming, whatever, instead of like in person. Mm -hmm. Probably kid specific, but for me, I'm just like, I don't understand how that would ever be more appealing than like hanging out with a friend person. <laughs> That's becoming like, I know, yeah. And I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I just don't, my mind can't process that that would get, that would fill that void of friendship. Sure. Yeah, so you're saying that um, they have this like preference to interact with people virtually rather than actually being face to face. And I've seen that too. Um, and so, um, a lot of these these things, like <laughs> I hope you didn't come here to think like I, I like I have like answers for each of these. these <laughs> you know, like not 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 gonna happen. Um, and I don't and I don't think that's even like yeah, that's not realistic at all to have like a one size fits all kind of thing. But uh, I think what we're like more after is like how to like thoughtfully engage with the culture around us and how to like the prayer said to shepherd our child's hearts. Um, and so it's going, to be different. it's going to be different for every single family. I don't have like a, um, ten, 10 rules, uh, 10 commandments or something about this is like the silver bullet to like help with all these things. But we can be thoughtful, right? We can be thoughtful and, and engage with our kids and, and share resources together, right? Um, okay, anything else? This is great. Okay, so um, here are a couple ideas that I, that I thought of. Um, um, I said that we have distractions within our homes. Whereas, like, when I was growing up, which is becoming more and more long ago, right? But, like, I didn't, we didn't have phones in, like, middle school or even early high school. And, um, and so it, it felt more like if I'm going to, like, be so distracted, it's like, okay, see you, Mom, Dad. I'm going to, like, go hang out with my friends outside. And they can be like, no, you don't, you know, or whatever. Um, my dad used to make me hang out sometimes on like Friday nights. But come on, dad. But um, but so but instead of like having these distractions elsewhere, they're they're in our homes. And if we're honest, they're not just in our kids' hands, but they're in our hands as well. 
right? And so that, that's really, really important. Is this, these like distractions have a, have a way of like eating away at, at all of us, not just young people. Like we're not immune from this either. Um, we're in some ways we're, we're the target audience of, of these platforms. So I got a couple ideas up here. Um, video games for sure. Uh, TV, uh, like um, game, like um, sports and everything. Um, social media and pornography. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on social media and pornography um, real quick. And um, I think both of these things are super important to consider. So. Um, I think that social media is, is hijacking our kids' brains. And like Krista said, it's, make, it's, it's um, training people to prefer interacting um, on a screen versus in, in person. Um, so I have this, this uh, headline I found up here. I found it a few weeks ago. When is it? Oh, June. Um, that, it's, it's, that Japan is making it illegal to walk around while looking at your phone. Okay, and you, you can imagine like how bad things must get before it's like, okay, we have to make like a law against this, guys. Like just put it down for a second because um, people get hit by cars and bumping into each other. And not to mention just like not saying like good afternoon <laughs> to each other. Um, so um, there's this, I, I'm not going to like advocate for all, all aspects of this, this documentary, but it's called Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix right now, speaking of distractions. Um, it's on Netflix right now, and, um, but it's kind of like, um, what's that movie where it's like inside the girl's brain? Um, inside Out. It's kind of like that before social media. It just occurred to me right now, but it really is. And so it's like this like control room of people being like, okay, now show this thing on their phone. That'll get them hooked in. And so the idea is that like your, your phones and your social media is not designed to inform you. It's not. It's also, it's not designed to give us closer connections with people. They, they can be used in these ways, but that's not the initial design. The initial design is just to keep, you, um, to keep you scrolling, to make money off of you by scrolling continuously. Um, what's the, what happens, I just want to, if you guys can picture this, what happens when you, what, what happens then, like when you scroll down? What, what, what kind of comes up at the top? Yeah. You see the like, little clock thing? Um, did you guys know that it's not a coincidence that that little refresher thing looks like, <laughs> looks like the jackpot thing, like the, what's it called, the slot machines, right? It's not a coincidence. It's the same kind of thing where like you watch the, is my, is my prize gonna come, you know? <laughs> it's not a coincidence. It's like a thing that like they've trained all of us, myself included, to like, it's my prize. <laughs> Does someone like my stuff? You know, does someone comment? Okay. Um, they're designed to keep, to keep you scrolling. Okay. Um, here's a quote. It's kind of long, but I think this is really helpful. This is from this book, um, TechWise Family, that I'll also point out to you guys at the end. Um, so don't worry about taking notes on it now. But it says, even at their best, social media, like all media, substitute distant relationships for close ones. A 15-year-old overcome by anxiety late at night might once have had to, no choice but to turn to her parents down the hall from her bedroom for help and counsel. Now she can send out a blizzard of text messages to friends. It keeps a whole circle of friends awake late into the night and robs that 15-year-old and her parents, or even older siblings, of an in-person conversation, one that could be painful, challenging, reassuring, or even transformative. Okay, so... Um, 
Again, like, I, I can't, like, give you guys, like, a Ten Commandments of, like, these are things you have to do, but, like, just consider the impacts of these devices on your kids when they have them late at night. Like, what, what might they be doing? And if they're feeling anxious, like this thing says, like this, this quote says, um, where having their phone nearby, where is that, like, leading them towards? Um, I think, I don't have this up on the slide, but I think the, the main, well, what do you all think? What's the reason people turn or have begun to prefer virtual um, interactions rather than in-person ones? What do you all think? It's convenient, yeah. Anything else? Yes, ma'am. Whoever you want to be behind a screen. Yes. You have insecurities. Um, that's where a lot of these kids are seeking their self-worth, their validation. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's a lot less intimidating to navigate teenage angst behind a screen. Yes. Yeah, so you're saying it's, it's convenient. I can just kind of like pop on and, and dial it in. I will get one second. And then you said it's... Um, they can be who they want to be. They can hide behind the screen. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Right. You can edit. You can go back and delete it. Like, we've never done that before. <laughs> yes. No, totally. I agree. Yes. Yes, sir. You don't have to be spontaneous. Like, you are in person. Like, you don't have to yes. react and interact on the spot. You get to, like, Tony says, edit. I've seen this, though. Some kids that I've seen... Um, to the point where some of these kids can develop these closer relationships on their phones so much that some kids don't get their driver's license until they're 19 or 20 years old. That's true. That's, that's, and I'm like, when I was growing up, you wanted that license to go hang out with friends. Right. They don't need it. They don't need it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Me and Fess have talked about this a lot, but, um, you know, at school, I feel like when I was in high school, um, which we had, like, flip phones, but, you know, and... Um, but it was like everyone would get out of school and then you'd like hang in the parking lot and they'd have to like shoo you away after like an hour. Like, okay, like you hooligans, get out of here. And now when, 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 uh, when Fetz and I go to the school, um, 10 minutes after school, Fetz, how's it look? It's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. They're, they're all like out of there as soon as possible. And when you ask them, wait, why'd you guys leave so fast? What do they say? They're, they're going home to get on their screen. Yes. <laughs> the yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yes, ma'am. Um, I think it's also robbing young people of the ability to actually be in a conversation. That's right. Learn to deal with nonverbal cues. Yes. Unspoken messages that they would get from someone. Because I've had conversations with young people who've spent a tremendous amount of time on their phone and they've grown up with it, and they don't, they don't really feel comfortable yes. talking with someone face-to-face because they, they don't know how to do it. <laughs> Well, this is, what, this is what I see kids do all the time, and I, I do it too. I do it too, where it's like people will, like, will like show up early to an event or something, and it's like, you know, this is a moment where you're like, <clears throat> how was your week? You know, like you got to kind of like muscle through. And then stuff gets good after like, you know, a couple minutes. But they go, and, you know, because they, they feel awkward, right? And so what it's, what it's doing is it's robbing. It's, it's robbing them of, like, the chance to, like, learn, like, oh, I have to deal with awkward situations. I have to learn how to, like, make conversation. And again, it's, this isn't just about teens, but us, too. Like, we all do the same thing, too. Um, well, you don't, but I, I do sometimes. I try to less and less. Um, um, okay. So, oh, the other interesting thing is that you all mentioned people are driving later. They're also dating way later, too, for better or for worse. Maybe you're like, ah, yes. I don't know. But that's, that's just the truth. Um, Okay, so this, this might get a little touchy, but this is really important. No pun intended. Um, so um, <laughs> so uh, 
I, I don't, there's no like new data out because these things take a while to develop. Probably like in a year, we'll know more of the impact. But uh, porn use is up by a lot during COVID. And you can imagine why, because it's, it's, it's easier um, than in, interacting with a real person. Some people find it to be like, like a, a stress reducer, right? Um, and so these, this is what's happened, is that porn companies know this, and it's like, um, you know, in the Bible, it talks about like, sin is like a lion crouching at your door. That, that's what this is. They're not just like, hey, come on if you guys want, but whatever. Like, this is absolutely like they're like seeking out um, new audience. And so this is what they've offered. Um, hey, free trial during COVID. Your first month is free. Um, it's like a free trial of like cocaine or something. Um, I've all, I also saw a headline of like some companies like offering to hire McDonald's workers who are furloughed, you know? Um, I also saw that since like the studios are closed or whatever, that um, more people are like, this, this is like a, um, a Zoom call on like how to be like an entrepreneur by yourself in this industry. Um, and so there's like paid Snapchats accounts, um, paid Instagram, all, all that stuff is all like, it all seems very innocent on the surface, but like porn has used each of these. And in some cases for those social media accounts, they're actually designed with pornography in mind. We think they're designed just to like be like cute and like post pictures of your baby. But like these companies, especially Snapchat, are designed with pornography in mind. Um, okay, so it's not just like social media. So some people say, oh, my kid doesn't have social media. Okay, how about this? Um, 62% of teenagers say they have received a nude image on their phone. And 40% say they have sent one. That's what they say, right? I mean, he knows who the actual numbers are. And this is pre-COVID. This is from TechWise family. Um, and so this is like a, a, prevalent, uh, a prevalent thing that's just kind of like eat away at the, at the souls of our young people. Um, can you imagine if you were... You don't have to say anything, but like if you were like, you know, 15 and had access to like anything you wanted to look at on, on, in, in, your, in your room, in the bathroom, like how would you spend your time? And again, don't say anything, but like this is what they have to deal with. If you, get, if you give them a phone, you give them access to like the worst stuff, even worse stuff than, you're, than you can imagine. Um, one of this, this guy that, that Beck and I are listening to recently on a podcast said, and this is not meant to make you feel guilty, but he said, um, this is this guy's perspective. Uh, they asked him, uh, par parents all often say, when should you give my kid a phone? And he says, well, when do you want them to see porn for the first time? Because that's what these, things, these things are porn machines and they're designed to suck in new customers that way. Okay. Um, another quote from TechWise family says, and this, and this is really important. We're going to come back to this. All addictions feed on and are strengthened by emptiness. When our lives are empty of relationships, porn's a relationship, free version of sex, rushes in to fill the void. When our lives are empty of meaning, porn dangles before us a sense of purpose and possibility. When our lives have few deep satisfaction, porn at least promises pleasure and release. Nearly half of teenagers who use porn, according to Barnes Research, say they do so out of boredom. Boredom. Okay. So, um, there's a lot stacked up against our teenagers, yes? Right? Teenagers and, and young people as well. Um, young, like, whatever. My, even my kids. Um, so, this is, this, is, um, this is an illustration that we use for in Young Life a lot. I, I used to be um, a volunteer and then on staff with Young Life. And we use this illustration of, like, earning the right to be heard, which is basically like building trust 
so that you can share the gospel. And they use it, this illustration of like crossing a bridge. Well, you're on one side and you want to cross the bridge to share the gospel on the other side. Okay? So, so let's say you're over here and the, the teenager you love is over there. And you desperately want to reach them to like share hope and share Jesus and real purpose. You know, none of that lies that porn offers, but like real purpose and everything. Um, but there's all these barriers in between. I want you guys to talk again um, among yourselves for a moment. What are the reasons we don't have spiritual conversations with our kids? What are the reasons we don't have spiritual conversations with our kids? Talk for a few minutes and we'll come back together. A minute probably. Another 30 seconds. Next person share. Alright, wrap up your thoughts. We'll come back together in a moment. Wrap up your thoughts. Alright guys, what do you think? What are the reasons we don't have spiritual conversations with our kids? Yes, sir. So we usually do have conversations with them. Yeah. But one thing that comes to mind is, um, is that you, you reveal your own vulnerabilities to them. Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to be willing to share that. Yeah. Yeah, you have to share, but you have to be vulnerable with them and share your own weaknesses. Um, and for some of us, that's difficult. For some of us, that's difficult to be vulnerable because we had parents that weren't vulnerable. Yep. Okay, so what else? What are the reasons we don't talk with our kids? Yes, ma'am. Um, Erica. Sorry. She was first, Julie. Sorry. Um, I think just because the, like, the obvious, um, they see everything. Like, so you feel like more of a hypocrite. Yeah. Raised about their freaking shoes on the floor again. Yeah. To then turn around and be like, oh, look at this great Jesus thing. I know. Yeah. Like, you feel more than if you're out like talking to people you don't see every second of your life. Yeah, like you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so we feel hypocritical. So we feel like, well, I can't talk to them about Jesus. Like, I just got, I just like blew up with them this morning about shoes on the floor. Yeah, I think Julie's next. Fetzer after her. Julie? Ha. Ha. <laughs> we have these spiritual conversations with our kids, but we, we talked about just now, like, when we have them the most often is when we're camping. Oh, cool. And I think that's an indication of that it must be time, like yes. time, or there's other distractions that are not sure. us to get deep and have these conversations. Um, either that, or we're like naturistic people to where we really connect with nature instead of our kids. Because yeah, when we're alone camping is when we have those deeper conversations. Right. No, yeah, I think that's great. When, so she said when they're alone camping, they have better conversations. And I think that's, that's like, a good thing to, to notice. Like, you know, it's the same with, like, our spouses if you're married. Like, gosh, we're like, get away so we can, like, have some time with just us. 
right? It's, it's the same thing. Um, someone's told me that in order to have quality time, you have to have quantity time, right? So in order to get, like, good quality time together, you have to have a lot of, like, not so quality time <laughs> to do that. Yeah, Fetz. I think we underestimate the structural integrity of the bridge that we're building. Yeah. And we, we're always going to err on the side of, like, ah, I don't yeah. It's just like phones. We go towards what's easier. And the reality is, is that we, we can walk that. We can walk over a rickety bridge. Yeah. Because our kids are dying for it. Yeah. But we, we convince ourselves that they don't, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. I always tell, and this is, I tell myself this too, but like um, talking with young people, you have to have like really thick skin because they'll give you the, like the cold shoulder a lot. <laughs> and it's true for me and it's true for our, our like volunteers and as parents too. Um, Okay, so that's a great segue, Fetz. Oh, yeah, one, one more. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to say that there have been times that I have talked to my kids um, about certain things, and I got the impression that they weren't really, you know, taking it in, and then later heard them sharing the same information with someone, someone else. Yes. So I feel like sometimes even though, like you said, we may get the impression that they're not, they don't care, listening, you know, still making that effort. Yeah, yeah, that, that they, they actually take in more than, than you realize. So at the time, you're like, they don't want to hear it from me, but then actually they take, they take in more. I, I experience all the time with, the, with um, teenagers is I'll share something, and, like, someone's, like, clearly, uh, to me, it doesn't seem like they're interested. And the next day, next week, they're like, like what did you talk about? And they, like, told me what we talked about. I'm like, oh, you're paying attention, you know? So, okay. Um, all right, so um, here's the reality for a lot of us. Is that we, so Fetz, you're exactly right, where I was going with this, is that um, for most of us, um, it seems like you've got this like rickety like Amazon bridge over here, but in reality, it's more like the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, but the thing is, like, we keep on like tacking on like two by fours onto the side. Can <laughs> you picture that? Like, I don't know, you know, and like kind of adding to it, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about whatever it is, like his girlfriend or, or pornography or, um, self-image a different day. We'll talk about it, things are a little better, okay? But the reality is, guys, um, is that for, for most of us, like, we have, we do have the right to be heard. Um, and, and there might be some of you here who are like, no, seriously, like, we are in counseling or something, and we, like, are in a healthy place right now. And that's, and that's a real thing. But um, this is still, like, a possibility. This is, like, still, like, the, the goal for you, um, for me, too. Um, and so there's a lot of reasons not, not to share. But I think for, for me, it's my own insecurities that keep me from sharing most of the time, if I'm really honest with myself. Um, it's, it's just like they don't want to hear it from me or what do I have to share or something like that. And that's just not true. And that's a, that's a lie from the enemy to, to, keep, to keep you guys separate and to keep them in the dark um, you on the other side. So um, I have a couple... Couple thoughts for you guys. We're gonna talk about Deuteronomy six real quick. Um, Tim, what time will you have to wrap up in here? I should have told you. I should be four. Five minutes. Five minutes from now. Cool. Cool. Okay. So um, Deuteronomy six says um, uh, we're actually gonna buzz over this a little bit because I have more stuff to get to. But this is a great verse. You should go back and look at it. But it, it paints it paints the picture of 
um, it doesn't say like, hey, these words that I command you, you're a young life leader or your youth pastor is going to talk about that with your kids. Like, no, it's, it's like you're going to be the one. Um, and sometimes, by the way, when we mess up, that gives us even more of a right to be heard because when our kids see us mess up, and they can also see us apologize, you know, and, and um, that's, a, that's a really big deal. Um, the next thing I want to say is that y'all didn't say this, but I think this is true. It's true for me is that I think like, oh, we don't, I, I don't like have stuff to share because I got to like read a book first or I've got to like go over like uh, some kind of like workbook. We'll get a workbook and do that together, you know? And, um, and that's not what this says either. Like, and you should teach them diligence to your children after you get the workbook. But it's like, no, like you're going to talk about them when you're walking around. And so you're going to get a chance to talk to your kids because you do everyday life with them of how does being a Christian inform the way that you talk with the, um, the sales clerk at a grocery store? Or how, is that, how does that influence whether you talk um, about someone else, talk about your neighbor or talk to your neighbor? And so you, you have the chance to enter into like just real life with your kids. You don't have to have like a book or some kind of like curriculum or set of topics or master of divinity. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think that all these are reasons that we say to ourselves, like we, we shouldn't share, but it's just not true. Um, okay. So this is the last little bit we're going to talk about. But um, so I think um, the solution within our homes, broadly speaking, is relationships. Maybe you noticed that in the, the quotes that I chose from um, Tech Wife's family and alongside were about, about relationships. People use um, pornography because they have like a gap, like a void in relationships. Or they have social media because like it's like a shallow like attempt to like reach into a relationship. And make no mistake, both of those things are easier than a real relationship, right? But of course, a real relationship is much more rewarding. And so it, it's almost as if we have to, um, the first thing, um, according to this book that I read, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, the first thing is like providing, a, um, providing an environment where like relationships can thrive. Okay, um, because if they're like, that's like the first step. Once there's that like environment there where it's not like as, as easy to like grab your phone to look at who knows what, um, that's, that's the first step. Of course, you know that like, it's, it's kind of like, um, like doctors, probably the first step against getting sick, you know, is uh, e- eating well, getting enough sleep, um, washing your hands, all that stuff. But even so, Doctors who deal with COVID aren't just like, I'm healthy, I'm good, you know, like, back off. We all know that doesn't work. Um, and so there's a level of, like, the first level is, like, just being, like, providing, like, a healthy environment. But the next level is that, um, that accountability and those, those guidelines that we have to implement. And, and both are really important. But we can't just, like, set rules without the, the foundation of relationship. Um, and like I said, like, we already have those relationships. We do, um, even though like we feel like we, we can't speak truth into their lives. Um, the next thing I want to say is that it's not just monitoring what your what your um, your kids are doing, but it's it's mentoring. It's talking about together. Like, hey, like, how how, how do you feel about? Look, I saw you spent like literally teens spend on average five hours on the phone today. I saw you spend five hours on your phone. Do you do you like that? Like. Let's look what I did. Ooh, I did two hours. That's not very good either, you know? And it, it's like working through it together. It's not just like, here are the rules, stick to them, 
It's, it's, it's walking through it together and saying, yeah, it's, it's easy for me too to pick up my phone when I feel bored. But this is, this is what I have to, to do because there's better stuff out there. Um, it's kind of like, um, I, I heard this one time that, um, you know, um, I'm not like an Amish, <laughs> an Amish uh, expert. Maybe some of you are, so you can correct me. But I, I've, heard, I've heard that um, they don't just, like the whole thing with technology I used to think like, well, then they'd have to like get rid of their wheel, right? Because they can't just like eliminate all the technology. But really what it is, and I'm not advocating for being Amish, but really what it is, is like they have like, like a suspicion to where all new technology and they say, mm, how is this going to change my life? If y'all got cars, what would that happen? Well, we'd probably get more spread out. We wouldn't have to rely on each other. Okay, let's not do that. If y'all got TVs, would we actually talk at night? No, we'd probably just watch our TV. So they have this like suspicion towards new technology and they critically evaluate it. In the same way, we shouldn't just assume that like if something is like new on our phone, like, oh, TikTok and dancing, that must be fun. Like, I think we're supposed to think like, huh, what's the background of this? And why was this thing made? And what are the implications of this new thing? And it takes more effort to do that, but it's worth it. Um, the last thing I want to say is to take back um, time with our families. Um, so what would it look like to like maybe make like a general rule of saying, you know what, like I'm going to spend uh, 20 minutes with, with, um, with one of my kids every week and we're going to do ice cream, whatever they like to do. Maybe not video games, but maybe. Um, and, or like, hey, you know what, no phones in the car. I picked you up. We're going to drive somewhere. It's going to take about 15 minutes. Let's just talk for a second, you know. Phone can wait until a different time. Or in, in the evenings, say, you know, after dinner, after like 8 o'clock, nothing great happens on your phone anyway. Let's just all put the phones to bed, and then we'll just chill for a second. Maybe it's in-depth conversation, or probably not. Probably it's just like being alone in their head, which is also a good thing. But again, I'm not like giving you rules. I'm, think, I'm saying that we all need to think critically about what, um, what is technology doing in our, in our homes. Um, the last thing I'll share with you is this. Um, do you know what teens often tell me the best part of camp is? They say the best part of camp is no phone. I'm not kidding you. They say it's no phone. Do you know why? It's because they say it makes them anxious because they always feel like they have to like respond to different stuff. And because their friend texts them late at night saying, I feel sad or feel depressed, they feel this urgency of like, oh no, I have to be the one to like help my friend right now. And it's just like, like you talk about like anxiety being up in teens right now, like, it's largely due to technology and, and texting late at night. And so teens tell me, my favorite part of camp is not having my phone. But you see what happens if they get their phone back in the car. You think they'd be like all like excited to talk on the way back home, but they're all like, ugh. And they're just like catching up on all this stuff. Um, and so my point with that is that it's like a joyous thing to be free from, but it's also an addiction just like any other. And it has to, it requires like um, constant surveillance. Um, okay, so I know that we're a little bit over time. We're going to roll it in a second. As we leave, I'm going to pray. Um, this is one of my favorite verses over you guys. It's Ephesians 3. Because what I've kind of like said this morning may be intimidating to you guys, but I think you have to remember that the Holy Spirit is at work in our homes, and it's not just us by ourselves. Um, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He's able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. So I'm, I'm praying for, for your kids, and I would love to talk more 
about other ideas, although, like I said, I don't have all the answers. Um, if you want, if you want uh, resources, you can text youth to this number. Okay. Thanks, guys. See ya. Well,